And we are back right here on Chris Aiken Presents, myself, Eric Ferentinos. And, uh, dude, how how cool was that guy, huh? Yeah, that was a surprise. Kurt's a true renaissance man. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, geez. I think I'm a busy guy. Jesus Christ, this guy's starting oil companies, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? Starting movies. He's starring in movies. He's, in, he's starting oil companies. He's Started an oil music. company in my attic. In my basement. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, was your house built on an oil well or something? Yeah. I should have asked. <laughs> but yeah, he seems like a great guy, man. I'm actually and, and the music's good. I, I mean it really is. I mean, we played a couple of tunes, you know, here, but there's there's seven, eight tunes out there on whatever platform you listen to stuff, and it's all good. It's it's I I can't wait to see them. Actually, I'm I'm really excited to see them here in two, three weeks, whatever it is when they're here. Um, when they're here in Cleveland with with Skid Row and Buck Cherry, that's gonna be a good show. Yeah, I'm seeing good stuff from that tour, video wise, out there, and it's good to see the Eric Groenwall, yeah, not Ferentino's, but Groenwall uh, recovered from whatever illness he had going. That looked like they'd sidelined them earlier this year. He seems to yeah. be back in full form. So seems to be him. good. Yeah. Well, dude, let's let's talk a little bit about your weekend before we let your fucking friend Sugar Smack <laughs> on the show. You know, um, right. uh, so just to set this up a little bit, you were in Missouri this weekend, correct? That is correct. Uh, we flew into St. Louis, but we had to make our way to Hannibal. Speaking of right. evil movie characters. No, uh, Hannibal, actually, this town turned out to be Mark Twain, the author of great novels such as tom sawyer and such it this was his boyhood town okay and uh, i think i had i texted you a few photos just to get a vibe of the um old vintage look of this town right uh, but we had a, we had a, it was like an hour and a half drive from the airport um we rented a pretty badass suburban and i drove the band the hour and a half we made our way there i didn't uh, know that the weather was going to be bad but um it, it was raining pretty good i i had uh, woken up that saturday morning and uh, ate some breakfast and decided to go for a walk kind of check out this historic hannibal town on foot and surprisingly a, a rain st- i started to hear some thunder and then the rain came down it was so much worse than what the hurricane was in san diego last week i mean this was like five times the amount of rain that we got in a hurricane and this was just i guess a regular storm for them in uh st louis but i you know i quick i ran for cover in this awning area and i the only other person on the street unfortunately was like uh, a homeless dude there was like one homeless dude over by the train tracks and um i had actually shot a quick video that i had sent to you uh where i was um stuck in the rain and i go oh my god it just started raining and i'm like i have i took cover under this thing right when i stopped that video all of a sudden the, the homeless guy came running up he throws <laughs> his throws his backpack up on the platform thing i'm on i'm like what the hell i was actually smoking a dube at that point and i was like oh, shit, what's going on here and, big surprise uh, right big surprise yeah. you were smoking like, weed. Oh, hey what's up man uh and then the guy like uh you know he didn't say anything to me he just like lifted himself up over the railing and uh came over and he just kind of walks behind me you know and into the shadows of this little awning area 
and he just sits down and curls down in silence. And I like, I was kind of like, I didn't know how to act. Right. That's situation. I, you know, sometimes I feel guilty, like, Hey, why weren't you nice to that guy? Just start smoking your doobie with him, or, you know, <laughs> right. ask him, ask him about his life story you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, and then the other like selfish part of me is like, I don't want this guy to talk to me. I, you know, I don't want to him to, I didn't even have any money. If he was going to ask me for any, I actually didn't even right. have any cash. I just I, do you ever feel that way with with uh, situations like that, or you just don't care? Right. Do you talk? No, up no, no. I, I, I'll talk to homeless people, but I, I will not give them money. Right. I'll I will literally offer to take them to a a store, a restaurant, whatever. I'll be like, come on, I'll I'll buy you a sandwich, but I ain't giving you five dollars to buy a sandwich because okay. you won't do it. Right. Well, what what I decided to do was because I was about halfway done on the dube i had going right right and so i go oh i took the last i go i'm like and i kind of look back i go <clears throat> and then i like stuck it on the uh this little brick right. shelf area <laughs> i'm just like <clears throat> and i just kind of yeah, like, sure. left it there and i'm like <laughs> i go okay i'm gonna get out of here now because i was so uncomfortable in the situation i decided right. i'm gonna actually try to run back to this best western or whatever that was right like a quarter mile up the hill and it's pouring, right? And I, I had my hat on, but it was like I was just wearing like a cutoff shirt and shorts. Dude, I got sopped running. <laughs> and I realized how out of shape I still am because like running up an incline a quarter mile, I thought I was, again, was going to have another heart attack like by the time <laughs> I got up there. And of course, there was like a local, I don't want to call him a hillbilly guy, but you know, like, you know, dude that was standing in front of the lobby to get into the hotel. And of course, he had to say something to me. As I'm coming up, subs so like, well, that sucked, right? <laughs> I'm just like, like yeah. what, what reaction? Yeah, man. Oh, that's hilarious. We should be <laughs> friends because that's so funny. Um, but I was, yeah, I, everything was sopped. It's running through puddles. I had to like figure out what I was going to do because I only brought one pair of sneakers for the for the trip, and now they're soaked. Right. And we hadn't even gone to sound check yet or anything. So I had like ta- those little towels in the hotel room. I'm like shoving the little towels into the footholds of my uh, <laughs> thing. I'm wrapping it and uh, wrapping the shoes up. Somebody mentioned that I should have used my hair dryer on it. That that would have probably been that would have helped too. But. Uh, yeah, that was a surprise stormer caught in and it just didn't let up and, and sound check ended up getting pushed back to the point where we didn't get a sound check. Like they did not have the PA. They couldn't set it up under the circumstances of rain at this particular. And you point. guys were the headliners or co-headline. What, we're the were headliners you? of this. And you we're didn't get a sound check. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And slaughter was opening and Vixen. Okay. Which a uh, side note, uh, Brit lightning. Yeah. A talented uh, lady guitarist of the group will be a guest on our show uh, September 11th. She's going to be right. coming on. So she confirmed that when I saw her. They were fantastic, by the way. Uh, but anywho, Slaughter ended up saying they were down there. They're very serious when it comes to their whole organization, how they they're, they're top notch, how they handle things. Right. Uh, and they have a whole team of people that probably have 401ks. I don't know. They're, they're like pros that they have work with them, but they were all down there trying to, you know, help with the situation. They offered to sound check on our behalf. I don't even know what that means. Cause we have different ways of doing things, but yeah, it came down to us not having uh, a sound check. I didn't think the show was even going to happen to be honest, because everything got delayed. We were originally going to be going on at nine. Uh, we ended up going on at 11. 
Well, and it's weird because yeah. you had texted me had to be like three o'clock in the afternoon. And you were like, I don't think this show's happening. And I right. was like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, you don't know by now. I mean, it was like later in the day when you texted me. Well, and, I'm thinking and- if, if they can't plug in the PA system because of the rain, uh, it's going to not going to stop raining anytime soon. I mean, the right. weather, you know, I had my phone with the weather thing in the Hannibal, Missouri. And right. I was like, showers going into like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. But <laughs> It finally, you know, cleared up. I guess they got it going. Um, when we went, I, what was interesting was, I guess, after Slaughter, they were instrumental in their crew getting this show off the ground. If it wasn't for them, it probably would have okay. been canceled, to be honest. Uh, but at that point, they just go, hey, you know what? We have to get on early flights anyway. We're willing to open the show. And so they just decided oh, to, like, right. open the show. So nice. I didn't even see them on this uh, on this trip. By the time we were uh, we drove down there, Vixen was about to go on, and so I did watch their gig um, nervously because I'm thinking, man, I, you know, when as soon as they're done, I got to go up there. I don't even know what I'm working with up here, you know? Right? What I mean? Like, okay. I mean, equipment wise, I, I shouldn't say that. Usually, they have the same Marshall kind of setup for me or whatever, but I haven't tested the amp or anything, so I'm kind of like going out there blind, as we all were. Uh, all the band members, but uh, watched Vixen. They were surprising, not surprisingly good. I shouldn't even say that they were, but they were good in this situation. I was going like, how are they going to sound here when they're with the house guy? And it's this whole thing was a mess today. They probably didn't get a sound check either. Uh, But uh, you know, by within a few songs, it sounded great. The guy had, uh, had her vocal uh, great from the top. Okay. So um well, sounded, that's obviously the important yeah. part of Vixen is the voice, so Lorraine Lewis, right? Lorraine, she's Lorraine is great. I mean, she's no spring chicken, you know. What I mean, she's but she throws down. She has the yeah. energy of like a twenty-year-old, right? Uh, and it shows. She's somebody who's like obviously stoked to be there, and uh, just it's putting in a hundred percent. The whole band does. Right. You know, when you when you sit back and look at, it, they like they encapsulate the 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 eighties quintessential sound with the keyboards and you know they're playing richard marks hits co-written hits you know right 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 (laughs) uh but but they they have the sound is there it's this cool it's this like sexy 80s sound that they have right and they they all take their image very seriously like somebody told me that they saw them in the uh the workout room at the hotel like okay. they're working out in the morning they're like they're like <laughs> doing the, you know curls and stuff so they're right. like they're making sure that they're they're, they're looking they're top buffed up sure. right <laughs> that's right so you're getting like the best vixen show that you can so they're get. in the they're in the gym working out and you're puffing and puffing to run a quarter mile <laughs> right oh my god that was terrible <laughs> i'm leaving joints for homeless guys out in the neighborhood uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways they put on a great uh a great performance and then w- when we were walking up i saw them coming down and that's when uh brit and i re- reconnected and um she had missed a text because we i had invited her some weeks back after we sure. had done a show and, and i thought she was ghosting me or whatever you know it got right. it's like oh man brit lightning big time to me or whatever <laughs> but uh it turned out she just didn't she felt really bad when she so at the show she was going to text me anyway right and when she did she was like oh i'm so sorry i didn't see this can can we reschedule that i would love to come on i was like oh well awesome see i misinterpreted that whole thing <laughs> and uh so she is going to be a guest it's going to be fun to have her on absolutely yeah, yeah. 
Dude, it's going to be interesting to have the other side of Vixen since we had Janet on, you know, the the original singer of Vixen. Now we have a uh, we have one of the newer members of um of Vixen. I'll be right. interested to talk to her about, you know, how people treat her version of Vixen. You know, if she gets any flack at all for not being the originals. I, I, I well that's everybody I've talked to. Right. That has seen that this version of Vixen says it's fucking killer. Says it is. That, and, and she's, and, she's not like a, 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 she doesn't strike you as a scabby guitarist. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. has her whole image down. She has this like really awesome looking Randy Rhodes Jackson that she plays. That's got like the animal print on it. And she's sure. just got, she has all her ducks in a row. Like her tone was like on point. You know what That's I mean? She cool. probably had the best guitar tone of everybody that <laughs> nice. night. You know what I mean? Well, and, and it's really yeah. interesting because there was that tweener lineup of Vixen, you know, and, and this, I wait, I know way too much about Vixen for somebody that really wasn't a huge fan, but there was the original lineup that everybody knew the, you know, right. riding the motorcycle edge of the broken heart, blah, blah. Yeah. you know, there's that lineup that everybody knew. Then there was the tweener lineup that was without, I think it was without Janet, and it had some people that were not known and had Jan Keeneman in it and it was not good. And everything I heard, and I'm taking this from everything I heard. I never saw it, but I heard it was not very good live. And I know the record was, was shit because I actually wrote a horrible review of it to which um, Jan Keeneman yelled at Neely about what an asshole I was <laughs> Oh, <laughs> for, for the, my review of their live and learn record that they did. Right. That was that tweener lineup, but everything I've heard now with Lorraine on, you know, she's from every account I've heard, she's great out front and Brit is great on guitar. And it's almost, it's the two things I've heard is one that the shows have been good. And two, it's a heavier version of Vixen. Than you probably yeah. remember. Roxy Petrucci is such a, an amazing drummer, you mm-hmm. know, as far as solid and just meter wise, everything. Uh, it's impressive, you know, like she really gives it the balls out there, okay. you know. And when you're, when you're looking at the band, you're not thinking scabby lineup. It's like there's an ex- a little bit of an excitement watching them. Like you, you don't even realize that it's not. I mean, Roxy might be the only original person at this point from what I, what I could see. Right. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know much about Yeah, her. But you don't get that vibe when you watch it. And, and, uh, and Lorraine uh, nails the song so well and has such a good voice that the, the crowd was digging it. They were way into it. So that's, and they cool. were, I thought it was a great bill. This like eighties rock invasion is happening more than once. We've done a few of these with uh, slaughter and Vixen quiet riot is part of the bill on some of them as well, where you'll get all four bands. Uh, So we're doing more of those. There's probably like another handful of these uh, 80s rock invasion shows that'll have Piercy, uh, Slaughter, Quiet Riot, Vixen, and come out because it's a great time. Everybody had a blast. Uh, Our show was great. Um, We threw in a couple tracks we hadn't done before, uh, The Morning After. Oh, yeah. Uh, rat the song. We just morning after. The morning after. That had to be a fun one for you because that's that's like some wicked guitar in that song. Well, yeah, uh, Johnny uh, does the leads on that one. It's got okay. some some fierce uh, lead work. Actually, you know what we did? We ended up doing another uh, 
guitar fucking duel. I didn't even know we were going to do this song to be, well, it was, there was talk we were going to do it. And then at some point in the, in the weeks on downtime, I was going over one of the tracks we were supposed to do. And I go, we're not doing any of these. Why am I wasting my time with this? We're not going to do this. And we didn't have our regular drummer for the show uh, the other night. So I just didn't think it was going to happen, but it was happening. And apparently there was some rehearsing that went on in Vegas for it and stuff. So I was like, Oh, okay. So he had to like, show me a couple of things. I've heard the song enough times, but uh, basically had to go up and wing it. And then I was to find out, Oh, we're going to do another like a uh, little guitar battle between you guys or whatever. And I was like, Oh crap. You know, <laughs> it, you know, again, that's the second time that that was like kind of thrown at me where I didn't know that was going to happen, but whatever. I just go with it. You know what I mean? Right sometimes playing like fast stuff people think is the hardest thing and it's almost easier to like jerk off like that fast than it is to play something slow and melodic and bluesy uh it's easy to be pitchy on something like that or just not have a good enough vibrato to hold a note and uh playing a you're just you're you're throwing all those nuances out the window because you're just playing notes as fast as you can and when you're playing fast you can fuck up and nobody notices exactly you know, when you're playing, when you're playing slow or a slower solo or whatever, if you fucking miss a note, everyone hears it. If you, yep. miss, but if you, if you're, if you're Ingve Malmstein, for as great as Ingve is, he probably fucks up on every show and nobody notices because it's still. And he does, know? yeah. His tone's very like clean and kind of, kind of dry and weird, and and he, of course he hits chunky notes, but he's doing all this other impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. uh it's all good i mean there's there is uh definitely without a doubt a fan base for that higher level of shred i would say 75 percent of the people out there don't really care that much about that those levels of it you know they'll mm-hmm. take a, a journey or a neil sean over mo- more of that most people sure uh they're not that in in tune with like once the uh there gets to be a certain amount of notes most people check out they're not musicians you know what i mean they don't Mm -hmm. even don't even know what they're hearing at at that point most people are pretty simple-minded with music and that's why most pop music is pretty simple right uh and And that's why and that's why bands like ingve dream theater etc never get huge huge they they they'll grab all the, the the music snobs the music snobs love that stuff you know, because they're like, oh, that's that's amazing. Did you see the way he did a double right. arpeggio dive with one hand? That's, right. that's amazing. And, but most of us are just like, that's really fucking boring. <laughs> it does kind of get boring after you've you've seen it. Like, no matter how great a trick is, once you've seen the trick like a, a certain amount of times, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better, I think, in kind of smaller doses. Yeah. Uh, with that sort of thing but w- when it comes to the 80s and and rat being from that era they did have that going on like if you listen to the live version of morning after that rat had back in like 83 or 4 uh that's on youtube where they're like they're live playing a club in la or something um they do that between uh warren Dinotini sure. and robin crosby they have a little breakdown in that song and they do a little back and forth because people love that shit at that particular yeah. time so but, that, we but, all- but to be honest though that was the rarity in rat too because rat especially Martini, Martini was a master and i and i'm not kissing his ass just because you're playing the role of him or anything like that i'm just talking mm. in general 
he was the master at playing not necessarily fast solos. None of his solo work is especially, or most of it is not especially fast, but the, the tone, he was so tonal. You just knew it was him. And he was never, you know, I mean, the the, the beginning of way cool junior do 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 or, Love right. is a dirty job, rather. Love sure. is a dirty do, 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 do. There's nothing fast about that at all. But it no. is so goddamn distinct and identifiable that you can't help but say, that is rat. You know, he you got can't. yeah, he he got away for like when they initially came out, they were doing what other bands were doing, which was trying to play notes as fast as they can, like Eddie or excuse me, uh Warren was a huge Eddie Van Halen fan as all teenagers were Mm -hmm. and there's stories of him being in guitar center just playing eruption over and over and over again you know right uh and when you take some of those faster descending Eddie Van Halen riffs you know what I mean you know as you figure that out it's like oh yeah you shred bro you know and and he was you know they were they were putting that into the very early like rat some of the rat EP stuff and maybe some of the uh, out of the cellar stuff, but everybody was doing that, and there wasn't really much. Well, it's because to it was new too. It was new. Yeah, you know when you think about it. When you think about pre Eddie Van Halen, right? The the guitar, especially heavy metal guitar, was what Tony Iommi, which is not fast. If anything, it's super slow, bluesy, and pentatonic. And, yeah, you know, and and just it was heavy, but it was. You never listen to a Tony Iommi solo and go, holy shit, what a, what a you're blazing right, player he is. You know? You're totally right, dude. And, and uh, it had only been a couple of years. And, and so there was a, an excitement built around it. And it was mm-hmm. the momentum of the guitar virtuoso thing was, yeah. was getting a, it was like a zit about to pop. <laughs> and then finally, like Steve Vai and these people came out and like were talking mm-hmm. with their guitar. It was like things were just getting to an insane level. Now, enter me as a 15 year old kid at this time, you know. Sure. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have much of a career if I have to be that good. But like surprisingly, 1990 would come and I'd turn 18 years old and then the, the pendulum swung the other way. And like right. that was you were not going to have a job if you were playing solos. If you had big hair and solos, dude, you're out of work. Right. Because that sound is over with. And that was kind of weird, but I guess good. Cause it kind of kept me playing music for a bit to where I got, I guess my rhythm skills were good through the nineties. I was always kind of right. solid rhythm player. And then later, uh, by 2001, Steven would hit me up about playing and I would have to suddenly quickly go back and start to try to learn these faster things now you had said playing the part that i'm i'm playing the part of warren Martini. i don't think that was initially the the plan when i came into the band steven initially wanted to do a retrospective mm-hmm. of all his bodies of work and bands so he sure. was more looking for somebody that could also do the arcade could do the vertex mm-hmm. could do it was more well-rounded. He wasn't looking for uh, necessarily a Warren D. Martini clone or something. He would have, sure. he could have just pulled one from a, a rat co- cover band. And then he was also looking for somebody to help co-write songs. Cause that's in mm-hmm. rock music. That's typically the combination. It's usually the singer and the guitarist work together to write the songs sure. in most of the successful cases, <laughs> you know, right. Aerosmith, whatever. Uh, that's usually how it's done. So he was kind of looking for that. And that's where I kind of filled the space there. But certainly when I first started, you know, I was really far away from 
nailing his sound. It took a while. We weren't doing all rat songs in the beginning. Like I said, it was more a collection of his uh, solo works and a couple of rat songs in there. Um, So as we added songs over the years, I was able to like brush up on my skills, but I've never had any like formal training to play in that shred category. So it's taken some time, but I feel like after all these years of playing, I can play that stuff too. You know, at this time, I, I do the fast pull-offs and, you know, mm-hmm. descending and ascending uh, stuff for the most part. I mean, but again, I don't like to overdo it or identify myself as that. I'd be, I would much prefer to identify as a songwriter that wrote a song you really like. Sure. You know what I mean, that, that means more to me and I think is uh, has more longevity uh, right. in the long term. Well, and, and the interesting, the inter- interesting thing is if you take those virtuoso guys, the only songs you can actually name common people, not, not their hardcore fans, but common people, the only songs they can name are the songs where they kind of dumbed it down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. Steve Vai with the, you know, the passion of warfare stuff, you know, or, right. or Ingve with uh, heaven tonight, you know, that's like Yngwie's <laughs> right. biggest song or, or rising force. Even. I mean, rising force does have some, <laughs> I got off track and I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because uh, where I was going with the Warren thing is by the time they, you know, rat started to get to their real peak of success there on, you know, 80, 86 or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, I I'm assuming realized that he was going to have to go a different way with it. So he kind of went back to the blue. He became Warren, the blues man, mm-hmm. but I think it was a great move personally, because it gave yeah. him more identity. Uh, the other guitarists of the day were not going that way with it. They were not using the neck pickup to do the leads. And that ended up being his kind of sound that people equate with Warren is that some of that neck pickup doing the bluesier sweet tasting uh, scales that he does and and yeah. so forth yes he's done in earlier songs the more shreddy you know you're in love what which is a lead i do by the way uh you know that has some crazy shit he does probably the most some of the most intricate that was still early bit. on though that's you're right in love was what invasion that's invasion that's right as as the records proceeded, he he wasn't necessarily going that way with it. He yeah. was trying to do be a little more melodic with things. So as far as that goes in the Steven band, I think I do serve the band well doing those because I I do play with feel and I um and of course play play the songs well, but it is a two uh guitar band. Rat was always intended to be that. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh with the addition of, of Johnny Monaco, obviously He's an old school shred guy who's been doing this for a very, very long time. So, of course, it's effortless for him in some capacity to do uh, some of these parts. So, you know, when it when it came to this song, uh, Stephen's like, hey, he's going to do the lead on it. And I was like, you got to that's that's what the boss says that's what's happening so uh but uh there's still some action you get some action from me in there because i guess we do a little back and forth thing live right so and there's a little harmony like people people did like the harmony lead stuff in rats specifically round and round is you know the prime mm-hmm. example when it gets to that double now down da da down da 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 la 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 people love that they do so that's they're gonna get it with with johnny me on guitar you're gonna get more of the double we're gonna work on that and get get our 
our shit together there. But we're, right. yeah, we're adding songs. Uh, Morning After is a new tra- uh, old rat track you're going to hear now at the show. That's cool. I love that song. So very good, man. Well, dude, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then your fucking friend is waiting in the wings to torture me again. Fucking Sugar Smack is back. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break. Sugar Smack's Revenge. Oh, sugar Smack 2, Electric Boogaloo. Dude, you didn't hear the CMS yet, I'm assuming, but um, not only is this Sugar Smack invading my world, but then this um, we have a, a, a guy from CMS that is sending scorpions and mealworms and bugs and shit for me to eat on the CMS. Somehow I've transitioned into a guy that eats bullshit. It's like, uh, it's like, ugh. Well, that's different. Like, sugar smack. His mo appears to be it's it. He's it's all involving sugar. Yeah, well, that's right? that's his mo. This this other guy now I'm eating bugs. What's, what the fuck's next? Somebody gonna send me a box of shit? I'd be careful spoon? there because he could be it could be a Klaus uh, Schwab uh, World <laughs> Economic Forum. Chris will eat the bugs and he will like yes. it. He will like I'd, it. I'd be wary of that shit. I might try it once, but I'm. Uh... I'm like, what happened to me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do this. Play a quick break, and we will be back with Sugar Smack right here on Chris Aiken Presents. (laughs) 